to Queer Longing, a podcast where we discuss and explore everything that we're longing for and living for in our queer community. I'm Lucy Sassel. And I'm Olivia Taylor. Hello there, Olivia. Here we are again. And this time we're seniors. And we're going <laughs> to school. I think I've done that before, sorry. Yeah, well, I think we've done a lot of this before. Every single time before we like, you know, if I'm like I'm doing my notes for the app and I'm, I always think... Right, try and think of like something new and different to say after the intro. And yeah. I never ever think of anything. <laughs> well, speaking of being seniors who are going to rule the school, um, I'm actually going to um, a drive-in cinema on Thursday to see Grease. Q. <gasps> are you? I really want to go to a drive-in cinema because I've never had that experience and it sounds really cute. Come, come at the same I, time. I can't tomorrow. But another time. Let's do another time. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> That would be cute, though. What like, I feel possibly- like it's seen such a nostalgia. What could you possibly be doing that's more important than seeing Greece in the drive-in <laughs> cinema in Stratford? That's close to me as well! I know! Damn it! Right, well, uh, see what I can move around. <laughs> okay, it, start- it starts at eight. I'll send you the details. That'd be so be cute. We can up together! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be nice. Um, yeah. And you've yeah, got a perfect fine. amount of people because you can only really do it with three because then you need to have two in the front and one in the middle at the back. Yeah, of course. Anyone else would be like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Bring Izzy and Adam. Bring the oh whole God. gang. Bring the whole gang. Just yeah. like Grace. <laughs> I'm going to wear my, my pink denim jacket. Oh, of course you are. <laughs> um, did I ever tell you or have I ever mentioned on the pod about when I did um, a uh, like school talent showy thing where you had to do like singing along and one of them was like Grease themed and we did um, Summer Lovin' and I was Danny. <laughs> oh my god that's so iconic. I know! How, how did I how did I not know? Yeah. Danny, <laughs> what we know now. Danny was my first crush yeah. Um, of, yeah. of, of life um, and we all know why. Yeah, um, yeah we don't need to explain it. No, we don't need it to explain it. It is written but also I found that not only has Danny been a first crush for a lot of lesbians, but you know that like thing of like, oh, did, do I want to be them or be with them? And yeah. um, obviously, like you were channeling the wanting to be them. But, but seriously, come to Greece; it'll be so fun. Okay, so apart from absolute longing to hang out in the back seat of the car, what else are you living a longing for this week? <laughs> well, <laughs> I am living for the return of. Uh, because that has not been on in lockdown. There's been no new apps, but apparently they are able to record again. So if you don't know, it's a YouTube um, series with um, Trixie and Katia, um, famous American drag queens. So anyway, um, it's just them talking about a lot of different subjects. It is just very just about anything and um i like it loads it's really funny and i like that cute friendship so um i've been missing that while it's been off like, all the things all my like usual stalwarts haven't been happening because obviously like bon appetit has been just cancelled and who knows when that's going to come back although i have seen two videos on youtube with solar on different channels new ones yes yes i've heard about these but i haven't seen them <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's on Food 52 and on um, that Binging with Babish one. And they, oh, I love they Binging like, with Babish. <laughs> yeah, and they, they temper chocolate together and they make, um, they make a, 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 what's it called? A, what's it called? When you hit I it. don't know, you're, like, you're doing a spell. A pinata. <laughs> a pinata. They make a pinata of, of Binging with Babish's head and then fill it with like chocolates and honeycomb that they made. 
sounds great okay i'm gonna watch that it's very surreal and great so to be honest i'm living for that as well as um as well as, uh, i'm just living for, living for my like content resuming on youtube so that's nice and i am longing for well i don't know when i'm actually going to get this but i am longing for new music by lil nas x i know that it's not going to be like out anytime soon but the rumors are that rihanna has signed off so she's listened to it and she agrees with it so she's basically yeah exactly she's basically said that he's killing it and she's really glad that Lil Nas X's music is solid because it shows his longevity as an artist and she (laughs) said you came so strong in the beginning that kind of gets tricky like where do you go next but you're killing it I'm happy for you so she's heard it everyone agrees with it and Lil Nas X we can expect great things but did we ever doubt that no no and have you heard the very small clip of his song called call me by your name no oh he's like done this tiny clip there's like a video of him like driving around he's singing he's like singing along to it it is a bop and there's only like 10 seconds of it but it's already a certified bop like cannot wait for that to come out so i do not doubt that his new stuff's gonna be really really good yeah very very excited for that amazing hopefully hopefully it comes out like when we can go and dance about it that'd be nice okay (laughs) fingers crossed for 2022 no don't say that i'm feeling such like existential dread at the moment i can't no me too and um my only way to battle that is with um jokes or like crying in the bath (laughs) (laughs) do you have like a particular song or uh certain conditions for which you can cry with reckless abandon in the bath well, I have like a bath playlist of like songs for in the bath and um, they are very um, emotional ones, obviously. And um, they're all like, you know, your Angel Olsons, your, uh, your, your Mitski's, stuff yeah. like that. Your Gaslight yeah. Anthem slow ones. <laughs> oh, I was sad about missing our friend, our joint friends 30th this past weekend. And um, I was talking about it with our other friend that I was talking about who on last week's pod, who's pregnant. And then um, we were all listening to Melissa Etheridge's come to my window at the same time being like, this is what we'll do what we can finally be in sight of each other. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. We're just like lamenting when the weekend would be that maybe she could finally um, come back. But with Greater Manchester lockdown, I don't know when I'm going to see her. So that's been a gorgeous surprise in the last week, hasn't it? Oh, yes. Stunning. Loved that. Loved that news. Um, but I'm, I don't know how long it will last. We'll see. But um, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. And um, other than longing for your um, teary baths, anything else that you're living and longing for this week, Lucy? Well, I just want to do a honourable mention to, now that we're talking about baths, uh, the fact that like one of my favourite things in the world at the moment is to have a really hot bath with a really cold beer. Oh yeah, I love that. Can't put a price Such on a that. Such a stunning combo. Such a stunning combo. Yeah. So living I love for the that. contrast of that. Oh yeah, you know it's like sweet and salty, hot and cold. Yes, no. It's like <laughs> the cold side of the pillow, or like having one foot oh. out of the bed. All those things. Stunning. Tens, tens all around. Tens across the board. Yeah. <laughs> um. So aside from that, uh, I am sort of living along and kind of combined this uh, week. Um, I'm living for the fact that I have handed in my notice at my crappy job. <laughs> 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 
in the middle of a global pandemic, um, just before the worst, what is it, economic crisis in 1700s or whatever. <laughs> so. Yeah, let the record show that is a flex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel a bit like stupid and crazy, but also it was um, driving me crazy and making me feel stupid. So uh, it kind of, um, it was inevitable. It was something I wanted to do this year anyway, before, uh, before Corona. Um, yeah. And... I just kind of had to do it for my own sanity, basically. Um, also, do you realise you basically just um, said the lyrics to Crazy Chick by Charlotte Church without knowing it? <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know where that came from, but I'm living along for that. I changed what I said before. Okay, yeah, just put that, just put that in, yeah. <laughs> and also, it's my track of the week. It's a one-size-fits-all. I'm just gonna do a Charlotte Church special. No, Crazy Chick special specifically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So as much as it's like basically a bit maybe uh, silly things to do or whatever, um, you know, this year has really thrown everything into proper uncertainty, and therefore, why not add some more? <laughs> it's my decision. <laughs> my motto. well, as Hilary Duff once said, "Why not take a crazy chance?" why not do a crazy dance and that's what you're doing and also like it's fine because you've got a plan yeah i have a plan and it will be fine so um and i actually feel like very excited about the plan and stuff so that's really good it's the first time i felt excited about stuff for a long time so that's yeah. nice yeah yeah um yeah it was necessary you've got to give yourself that like dopamine fix however you can in the pandemic so absolutely you know, the panny day yeah Qu quit your job do crimes whatever you need to do <laughs> I will <laughs> so yeah that is what I am living and longing for <laughs> well congratulations may it be the start of oh, I was trying to I was trying to bring another Charlotte Church song in but I realised I didn't know one so. <laughs> yeah I can't think of any other ones <laughs> anyway just know that that was the intention cool so um, on to bits that have been going on this week have you heard about all the latest with Ellen I have sort of um, only really surfacey like seen tweets about it and stuff. I haven't actually read that much into it. So give me a little lowdown about what you've heard. Well, a lot of it isn't directed towards her specifically, but they have kind of said, um, given that she is the face and head of um, the Ellen show, then surely she must have known about it. And I think it's interesting that, you know, this has come at a time when... Um, I think it's I think it's hopefully refreshing because it's kind of saying that you know the rich and powerful are not safe behind ivory towers as they once were in terms of like you know wrongdoings and ill treatment for people who are less powerful and possibly less fortunate so basically um there's been allegations of um racial microaggressions um sexual misconduct and just sort of a general toxic environment to work in that um either people who are currently working there or former employees have made against the ellen show and it's mainly at the like senior executives rather than ellen herself but there's been other stories about ellen and that you know um she is a contradiction to this sort of very nice benevolent persona that has been pushed for many years and it was interesting because I went back 
to read to read an interview with her that she did with the New York Times in 2018 which was just that and it was about how um you know she wanted to sort of challenge this perception of her as just being nice and actually she was a lot more than that but you know does this speak to a kind of insidiousness that was bubbling under the surface but also interestingly you know I think whatever's going on with these accusations it's interesting to think that is it worse or is she being challenged in a way that is worse or more aggressive or more sort of strong that she is um, a gay woman and the first sort of person in her position of power in this way? Like, would she be treated the same if she were, you know, Stephen Colbert or Jimmy Fallon or any of these other characters? And I guess, I guess we won't know that, um, but it's a kind of interesting thing to think about when you know that she was completely um you know her life was ruined when she came out in the 90s and she has had to you know whether or not these things are true work her way back from a very dark place to be in the position of power that she's in now so it's just interesting to think about because i think you know especially especially for people in the queer community like historically we've had so few people in these positions of power and influence you're very sort of loath to um denigrate them or sort of um distance yourself from them when you know she has put a lot of good into the world she has made a lot of strides for a lot of queer people and it just throws up this really complicated relationship and place that we are at in 2020 i guess when um you know, queer idols may not be the kind of um, untouchable, kind of benevolent, like completely benevolent people that we necessarily want them to be. And it's kind of that hard pill to swallow when we've come from a place of having really no mainstream representation um, or people sort of holding that power and influence in a way where they're out and proud. So it's a really difficult thing to deal with I think for a lot of people who have held her up as the kind of beacon of that um and also that she has changed a lot of hearts and minds especially of people in the U.S. who may not have been tolerant or accepting towards queer people and actually like this mainstream exposure that Ellen has given to those people has been really invaluable in sort of pushing um queer rights forward so it's hard yeah absolutely i think um though that sort of ultimately what you could take from all of this is that whilst you know you don't have to take away from any of the stuff that she did do and what you know all of her work and her representation brought about but i think that it's actually quite sort of um heartening and it's quite a positive that we can now be like you know if there are some problematic things about her if she is a bit toxic if she's not actually that nice a person that we as a community or you know are able to say you don't represent you don't we don't want that to be a representation of us anymore kind of thing or like that we we don't we're not just scraping the barrel for any representation we can have the just like you know good positive representation if that makes sense yeah um, and I agree. then you say yeah you wouldn't you're not you know like maybe you're not as sort of 
I don't know, I don't know relevant sort of the wrong word, but like word, like it, it, I don't know, but like the we can be selective not, in who we choose yeah. to kind of like uphold our ideals yeah. of queer communities yeah. and not. And it doesn't have to, just, to take away from yeah. what has happened in the past. Obviously, she did a lot, and that yeah. was really important. But um, it's I think it's also so equally okay to be like well now you're doing you're saying this and we're finding this out and you know we're not okay with that and I think that's fine you know we contain multitudes <laughs> totally and I think it yeah I think it I think it was very much still in the first stages of that and like you say if you spin it like that it is a positive space to be in but I think it's gonna be I think it's a hard thing to call someone like that to account for those reasons for a lot of people um but yeah i guess we'll just have to see what happens um in the article that i read from 2018 it mentioned that she was contracted to do the show up until summer of 2020 so it'll be interesting to see if that continues because you know obviously now we're in august um will this mark the end of the show or there's been talk of it being handed over for a time to other presenters. I believe James Corden has been in the mix as someone who might be doing it, obviously. Um, (laughs) So um, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see, but it's certainly disappointing and disheartening. I know for me growing up, she was one of like the first people I kind of knew of in the mainstream who was a lesbian woman and learnt of her history sort of, after it had happened but yeah was one of the first people that I kind of knew who had broken through that mainstream barrier and did all of the managed to do all the things that she did to you know live a life that was open and true to who she was in terms of like her sexuality so I hope there is justice for those people who have been wronged and that good comes out of it ultimately also another thing that I wanted to recommend it is a bit of a long read um and it's on Jack Monroe's website, so um, cookingonabootstrap.com. And it is called You Don't Batch Cook When You're Suicidal, Formerly The Price of Potatoes and the Value of Compassion. And it is an essay about food poverty as relates to the um, new government-mandated war on obesity, which has been an incredibly damaging and upsetting thing to hear and have to experience in this pandemic and at any time but I think you know there's these situations where a lot of the time I always want to kind of have those really sort of thorough resources at hand that sort of crystallize the way I think about things so that I can dole them out to people who may not um understand um and I think that if you're in this position of wanting to kind of prove that point not that you should have to do that but if you feel inclined to do that or to give more information to people on why this war on obesity program is really harmful and how it um plays into classism and a lot of the fundamental issues that are damaging to our society I guess this is a really brilliant resource and I think as well because a lot of people know who Jack is and are aware of kind of how they came to prominence through the media. It was through their own personal hardships with with poverty. And it's a really, really not that, again, they have to justify this to anyone. But for those who 
want this justification it is literally the perfect resource of like why when people say oh just go and buy some potatoes and you know some milk that's very cheap why that is just not the answer to food poverty and certainly not the answer to tackling or fighting the war to use the language of obesity so i'll put that in the show notes it's really too long to read from but they're such a great writer and they just bring in so much valuable insight and um, bring in their own sort of personal history and experience. And I think, you know, their eloquence is definitely a voice that is needed in this room of rubbish. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, um, I actually I haven't read that yet, but I will definitely read it. Um, I, uh, yeah, Jack Monroe's a great writer about you know, like you said about food, and that comes from their their very horrific experience of being um, being living in poverty. Uh, and yeah, no, those are the voices we need to tackle these stupid things coming from the government. <laughs> I can't say much more about it because it just makes me like so infuriated. But um, yeah give it a read and have you been reading anything this week lucy so i've um read a whole book again woohoo uh it's quite a short one so it's not that much of a surprise but um my uh a couple of my mates got me for my birthday a subscription to like a queer book service um who got you that uh lucy and kim so yeah super cute my like friends from sixth form um i was very surprised and very touched i think it's a really really nice gift you know, a gift that keeps on giving and they know I love books and queer things and they were like, oh, and you can talk about them on the podcast. And I was like, yeah. that's so yeah. cute. Oh, I love a subscription. <laughs> that's so thoughtful. Yeah, it's lovely. Um, so the first one I got uh, in my subscription was um, this book, Large Animals by Jess Arndt. Um, it's like a collection of sort of short stories um, which may or may not sort of revolve around the same narrator. You can't really tell. There's not really like an obvious uh, whether they're different people or not. But I think that okay. sort of like works in, in, in the way that they are. They vary from like, you know, 20 pages to like two pages. Um, very easy to read. But um, they're basically all about uh, like bodies and feeling... Um, maybe not um, comfortable in your body, feeling betrayed by your body, um, you know, like feeling detached from yourself, really trying to like learn about your own identity versus like the reality of your situation. Um, and uh, it's it's really good. I read it so quickly. Um, it's funny. It's sort of, it's quite, it's quite oddly written. There's a lot of like uh, sort of visceral and bizarre like description, but like it's, it's compelling. Um, and this is like their first collection of books, uh, Jess Aunt, and I'm very, uh, very intrigued to see like what else they'll, they'll write. So that's really interesting. I just wanted to read um, the first paragraph <laughs> from the first story because I read it and I was like, oh God, it made me like proper, made me have to go have a bath. That's what I'll say. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so the first, the first story is, is called Moon Colonies and this is its, its first <laughs> introduction, introductory paragraph. In the morning, the waves glowed like uranium, a deep sweat coming off the seafloor. It was beautiful, but it was nerve-wracking too, being that close to the future. <laughs> it just made me feel such an existential dread. I was like, oh, the future. Oh, we are close to the future. I hate it. <laughs> but but um, if we weren't close to the future, we never would have had that video of Leo saying that he was two. 
That is true. Oh, what angel! <laughs> I have I've watched that three times because it's so cute. <laughs> That's what I do all the time. And like today, because it's his birthday, I um just like went back through my my archive of Leo videos and just like watched a bunch to watch him grow up. <laughs> it was <Aww>. cute. <laughs> I love that kid. My God. <laughs> um yeah so that is um a book i've read i really would recommend it um it's uh it's really good so i'm really really pleased with that and um really intrigued as to what else i will get on the subscription what a glorious gift everybody give everyone subscriptions yeah subscriptions are great is this your first one that you've had yes okay Um, waiting to see what else i will get very exciting so they don't Um, don't tell you no i just will get it in the post which is exciting I yeah, like that, that. That's better. Yeah. 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 And the only thing it makes me, um, I was like, oh God, what if I like buy a book and then it comes? But like, that doesn't really matter. I just give it to somebody. Then I get to, you know, double book. Oh, if you don't, if you have the, good. a duplicate, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but okay. Yeah. Not likely to happen, I don't think. Now that, like, I'd never heard of this. So I was like, oh, that's great. Well, that's yeah. really good. I feel like they're so, going yeah. more sort of niche maybe smaller publishers so that you get absolutely the opportunity to read something you might not find yeah definitely it's great so um, so olivia ever listened to um any interesting podcasts this week as you are the podcast queen you're such you're such a you're such a pick and mixer of podcasts you're always listening to loads of different ones it's amazing to me (laughs) well no i think you listen to more different ones no you're more what And the Vanity Project wears off. No, you hang up! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, okay, so I have two. I mentioned one last week, but I have to say, I've just really, really been enjoying the Gemma Gemma Collins podcast. Um, I've been making my way through them from the beginning. And you know when, like, I mean, I'm sure, let's be honest, we can all relate to this probably, of like, you know when you're feeling a bit like anxious or whatever and then you just like get into something that maybe you wouldn't normally get into but it's just like a comfort thing yeah and I've gotten into that I think with this podcast because it's not really talking about like because a lot of the podcasts that I listen to are like you know the untold stories of the family that never met and you know some kind of like really sort of really trying to sort of get to the heart of like you know the human human condition condition. Yeah, Yeah. yeah It's very yeah. sort of existential and very, you know, NPR itself, um, which I love and that's great. But, you know, like like you were saying with like Fanti, where it's kind of um, an interesting look at like, you know, the good and bad of celebrity or, you know, just something that feels a little bit less intense maybe sometimes is a bit of yeah. a nice foil to your podcast like main diet and um yeah it just reminds me of you know like if you go to the hairdresser or you just sort of have the sort of regular small talk chit chat of like like getting your nails done or just any of those things where you have those chats about and you end up chatting about like whether aliens are real or just you know like random um conversations like that and that's basically what this whole podcast is about and she has a very irreverent um individual kind of take on life and certain subjects um so yeah I can just recommend it I think it's really funny yeah I've been meaning to listen to it is is it just her does she talk to other people no well she sometimes she sometimes has guests but it's mainly just her which I kind of like more because it's Mm. you know like 20 minutes of a Gemma Collins stream of consciousness and 
that's just what the world needs right now. And, Absolutely. you know, on Friday, I was in my paddling pool, put a bit of the GC on, had my little drink. And I just thought, yeah, you know, it's these simple pleasures in Our Lady Pandemic that are going to get me through. And I've got to give props to Gemma for helping me. So, yeah, um, I've got to recommend that. And then I've also started listening to, um, my, my girlfriend recommended it. It's Annie Max. Uh, podcast I don't know if it's new or not but I've only listened to one and she has a podcast called Changes I don't think it's affiliated with Radio 1 I think it's just like her own thing and um the one that I listened to was um the Catelyn Moran one so it's an interview podcast and it was very much just like again I think it's like a bit of a comfort thing of like it reminded me of, you know, when we'd like go and stay for weekends at Sophie's mum's house um, in London. And then we just like walk through the door and then inevitably the Sunday Times and Saturday Times supplements would be there with the new Catelyn Moran um, article on the front. And then we just like sit there and have a cup of tea and read it. And I think I was just like longing for that, basically. You're doing a bad job of dispelling the myth of us being posh Mancunian duo of queer logging. Well, <laughs> look, I just like, I just... No, that's, it's like a nostalgia, I get that, like, um, definitely. I, for one, these days, um, like, I can't stand Calamaran anymore. Like, absolutely not. She's like, to me, she represents really, like, middle, mid-range, like, white middle class feminism and I think there's a lot of problems with that. <laughs> like yeah, she I just think, gets I think my that, goat now. I think that she might, but um I think that it was kind of you know how like you might read or like go to you know like how we always say about, you know, like there are certain writers or certain characters who um have one story and that's like their main story. And it's not to like give a read to Catelyn Moran or anything, but like her main story is like how she grew up and her family and sort of her early life. And you know, sometimes when like you just know what to expect from something. Yes. Oh no, definitely. Yeah. There's, there's a lot to that. There, there is such comfort in that. Definitely. Yeah. And I I knew what to expect. I knew she would talk about that cheese lollipop, which she did. (laughs) And um, I just knew what it was going to be. And I felt like this week I've had to, do things or kind of um ingest things where i know what they're gonna be yeah fair enough yeah sometimes you just need like um something that's steady a steady hand yeah although on that same point i did try to watch how to build a girl on amazon prime and i had to stop i can't even i saw about five to ten seconds of the trailer for that and wanted to not see it anymore (laughs) Yeah, and I, I, I love Beanie Feldstein. And I think she's yeah. great in um, Booksmart, but I, I didn't like it at all. No, okay, well, that's that's our review of that, isn't it? Yeah, I've always, I always feel a bit funny about, um, like, how do you feel about talking about things that you don't like? Because I, I always wonder about this of like, you know, not that I would have the arrogance to think that I have like a massive voice in like a cultural conversation on something. Like, I know I don't, but... Love you. You know, but you know what I mean? Like, I I sometimes feel that you should stand up for something that you don't like and that it's important to do that and be critical. Oh, there's a really nice rainbow. Oh, that's nice. Gay rights. Oh, gay Um, rights. Yeah. 
and that that's like an important thing to do but then another part of me is like well how is that helpful and someone has put their like blood sweat tears passion into something and for you just to be like no I don't like it um, yeah I, how is that yeah. helpful yeah I, I feel similarly in the sense that like I don't want to just be someone who just like goes oh I don't like it like without having really like like I, I, I'm fine to not like things because there are a lot of things I don't like but I think when talking about them I feel like it's not worth just talking about things that like where I, where you know we're just like oh I don't like it or for like no real reason I think the only point to like actually talking about things you don't like is like when it's something that is maybe you know problematic or like is offensive or whatever and therefore like that's why I don't like it if it's something that I just don't isn't for me like I just feel like a bit rude like I'm being rude because like people other people like it and like you say people have worked on it really hard and stuff. yeah and, like, I so I feel like maybe I'm being a bit rude about how to build a girl because there's probably like nothing that bad about it it just maybe wasn't yeah me. just didn't, didn't speak to you but that's fine yeah but sorry um anyway <laughs> but um on to other things that I actually don't like for some other proper reasons now it's time for I don't agree with it. So, Lucy, it's another week if I don't agree with it. Just off the back of us um, just talking about how we don't like to talk about things that we don't like when there's no rhyme or reason to it. Yet we do have a segment called I Don't Agree With It in which we do just that. So, yeah, um, maybe maybe we're the problem and we probably are. But, oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> without a doubt. Without a doubt, yeah. Um, anyway, um what I wanted to talk about this week, and I've mentioned it to you um, before we started the podcast this week, was one of the more recent podcasts that um, Elizabeth Day did on her How to Fail podcast with Bernadine Evaristo. And um, have, have you listened to that now? That you Yeah, have? I have listened to it um, in, in prep. Um, I mean, I, was, I wanted to listen to it anyway, but uh, yeah, I knew we would talk about it this ep. So yes, I listened to it very just this afternoon. Yeah, and obviously, you know, she's massively um, risen to prominence in the past year since winning the Booker um, for Girl, Woman, Other. And, um, you know, she's been massively lauded and celebrated and I enjoyed the book too and it's been incredibly popular. But um, anyway, she was on the podcast with Elizabeth Day, which um, I was really happy about and wanted to listen to. And um, one of her failures, so basically, if you don't listen to the podcast, it's kind of the the format of it is where um, a celebrity or sort of well-known person goes through maybe like three or four different failures in their life and kind of discuss it to um, sort of take the power and taboo out of failures, I guess, is, is the point of it. And through this sort of format, you you do get to find out maybe a little bit more about these characters than you might have done otherwise and learn sort of different sides to their personality or sort of life experiences so it's a good way of getting a bit further than just the usual sort of like press junket questions that you might get as a celebrity or author or well-known person and um, she was on and one of her failures was her failure to be or to remain a lesbian and <sighs> okay so where do we start with this? So, oh so to me, um, I didn't, I thought that that failure in inverted commas was really um, facetious and um, sort of willfully provocative um, 
to an audience that let's face it is almost completely cishet women and I just felt like that conversation that um they had off the back of that was just really unhelpful and um damaging to um to lesbians and just kind of people's people's perceptions or or exposure to that who otherwise probably wouldn't have any or very little um and there was so they sort of have this conversation about how she'd failed to be a lesbian and then became straight later on in life and that she was only a lesbian for political reasons again this is like paraphrasing i would urge you all to go and listen to this yourself if you want to um make your own opinions on this um and there was also a conversation that they had where um basically Elizabeth Day asked Bernadine what her partner, um, a straight man, thought of her history as a lesbian and her sort of, yeah, past, as it were. And um, she replied that, you know, he found it amusing. And um, yeah, I just... What 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 were your thoughts on it? Because obviously you've listened to it today. It's kind of fresh in your mind. I listened to it about a week ago. Yeah, it's just... Uh, like as you describe it's just super sort of disappointing and sort of like goady and kind of like and it was like said as a joke like she she says it um and uh elizabeth day like is like laughing before they even say what it is and then they're both just like oh ha, 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 you failed to be a lesbian it's like what and then um it's just all very uh unhelpful to like the narrative of like you know being gay being a phase um and or being an active to, choice yeah an active choice to your politics or to whatever reason you you would have um it, it was just some really like grim stuff she said about she was like you know <laughs> this is a bit where she's like you know i was a lesbian you know i i i was i i was somebody who went clubbing i used to wear the lesbian badges and it was like what <laughs> what <laughs> And it's it's also like this really um, sort of single vision of like what a lesbian would be as well, which is yeah. really like toxic and not true and like just damaging and stupid. Yeah. Um, I, it made me really angry. I was not pleased to listen to any of it. And, and there was just, Elizabeth Day just didn't really challenge her or anything, but that's not to be expected really in considering, you know, sort of who she is and who, who her audience is, as you've said. Um well, I felt yeah. like there was a big element of titillation there, which didn't sit yes. well with me of being like, oh, what did your husband or partner think? And it's just like, well, how is that how is that appropriate to this conversation? And also the part where she talks about that she's um, a university lecturer and how she has a lot of students who... Um, you know, have very um, sort of fixed opinions about who they are and that she just kind of laughs and says that you can't possibly know, et cetera, et cetera, because she herself, you know, had this experience where she was one thing and then she was another. And of course, yeah, that is that is Bernadine's own experience and that that's true to her, whatever, like, that. I wouldn't want to dispute that. But I think that it can be, it's really damaging to put out this idea that you know just because people are young when they come to you and tell you who they are that you shouldn't believe them or just laugh and say that you can't possibly know yet there are a lot of people for whom like that is a massive massive deal especially if you are coming out as something that is other than you know a cis man or whatever you know if that that takes a lot of guts and a lot of effort and yes that may change down the line 
but to sort of scoff at someone for that like I think it's just really unhelpful and if someone tells you who they are you should believe them yes absolutely yeah it's not your place to uh to decide whether or not somebody's telling you the truth about themselves basically um and yeah it just like there was this weird bit where she said um yes yeah, so she, she essentially made the argument that like f- for her um that it was like it was a phase and that she was doing it in her 20s until she was she was mature in that like being a, a lesbian or being queer is like an immature like response to sexuality or whatever and she kind of like didn't she was you know sort of saying like that was her experience which is fine you know like she can have her experience obviously um but it didn't come across that she wasn't saying that isn't just what being like queer is um and she she said this this bit about um saying that uh she used to believe that like you know she was she was a lesbian for political reasons blah blah she believed that somehow relationships with women were morally superior and more equal than those with men but then she learned that that wasn't the case and it's kind of like is that what you think like lesbians think that we think we're morally superior uh in a way or something i don't know i feel like she just i think she just had some bad experiences which is shit for her and like that's really sad and like i'm not saying like she isn't now straight and isn't like happy to be straight blah blah blah. obviously Mm -hmm. she is that's great good for her but uh, yeah it just felt like she wanted to sort of mock that time of her life as opposed as opposed to sort of like uh, understanding it as just like a different you know part of her life and part of herself in a sense I don't know it just felt very it felt very odd I didn't like it at all. yeah I know I would I would like to believe that were she questioned by someone who was less inclined to you know agree with her on everything and sort of like hold her to account that actually she might question some of the things that she'd said and the way that she'd said them yes I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd like to think that and part of yeah. me does does think that that's maybe the case but I guess we won't know well I think unfortunately she did then go on to basically say the exact same thing in like an article in the times didn't she so oh yeah um, and it yeah it was literally entitled like my my lesbian phase or my lesbian era or something like that um and uh it's just mm, I don't know it just painted a very narrow view of uh what queerness is um even if you've experienced it yourself and to to sort of not recognize that queer relationships can be just as varied as any other kind of relationship um i don't know it was um disappointing definitely uh to hear that um and you know who knows maybe maybe you're right like maybe she probably she probably might not have meant the things quite as they sort of came across um but that is definitely mine, yours, and a bunch of our mates' interpretation of it. And I think one of our friends said um, that, and this is like the point basically, is that when you're, you know, talking, even if like you have been part of a community and maybe, it, you know, it wasn't, wasn't for you and then you've gone on to not be part of that community, like when you are talking about marginalised communities, you have to sort of take into account that like that you are talking about marginalized communities and that you um just have to be maybe a bit less sort of derisive i don't know i don't know yeah it was just very disappointing i didn't like it <laughs> no it was a really bizarre thing to listen to um yeah. i just kept like looking at my phone like what? <laughs> um, 
but yeah um and I hadn't mentioned it to anyone for ages and then when I um asked on our friendship like group whatsapp thing that if people had I was just pleased to know that it wasn't just me sort of read it like listening to it and thinking that it was really strange but not pleased that it was a thing that exists because it was a yeah just disappointing especially when she is such a great writer and has um such a platform at, at the moment and is choosing to go down this kind of really quite weird and niche route of mocking her lesbian past anyway um we don't agree with it we don't agree with it so sometimes when you know you've been riled up by a podcast you need a little bit of uh something to take your mind away from the upsetting things in the world and for me i don't know about you olivia but for me that comes through music a lot <laughs> and uh, this is my weirdest seg of all time it's time for track of the week. Please let me know what has been maybe soothing you or exciting you, or making you feel nice this week. Oh, it might not be. You could have a really sad song. Um, well, it's actually not necessarily a sad song, but it's um, a song which is more about bitterness. Oh. And it's basically like about when um, you're, you're going out with someone and then they like, do you do it? Am I? And then you're you're bitter about it. <laughs> um, can't, hard can't relate. <laughs> um, yeah, and you probably heard it. It's the song "Bitter" by Fletcher. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good. The lyrics are really funny. Um, it reminds me. Do you remember? Do you remember when my track of the week um, a few months ago was that one about she just wants to eat a bowl of pasta without anybody looking at her? Yeah, um, it's like lyrics like that. So. The first bit is, it's like being on the outside of an inside joke. It's like when they only got Pepsi and you really want Coke. <laughs> it's like a modern day ironic. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that is such a, such a catchy pop banger. I like Fletcher. So that is my track of the week. And, you know, if you're vibing on that bit of vibe, then it's for you. If you're taking a big bite out, a big old lemon, it's for you. <laughs> exactly. I mean, I'm in quite a good mood, but I, I liked it anyway. So yeah, what is your track of the week? Uh, my track of the week is, um, you know, sometimes in life, a stunning cover can just come along and uh, just be all you've ever needed. Don't um, I know and... <laughs> I know Pop you're a fan punk. of the cover. Yeah. <laughs> Why have we never had one of them on our track of the week? I don't oh. know. We should definitely do that for next week. Olivia is referring to the fact that we used to listen to a lot of um, these albums, which are called Pop Goes Punk, where punk bands and like pop punk bands especially would do covers of pop songs. Our favorite being, having just mentioned, I know, Ironic. I, I want to change mine to Ironic by Four Years Strong. Oh, get that listened, everybody. It's so good. So good. <laughs> <laughs> we love that so much. I know. Um, Yes, well, it's not that, unfortunately, although maybe I'll change it. Um, it is a cover of stunning, lovely song, Country Roads, which I love the most, Take Me Home, mm-hmm. um, by Whitney and Waxahachie, who I know I uh, waxed lyrical about Waxahachie a few months ago. Um, and uh, this is just a really lovely, like, quite sort of um, slow version of uh, Country Roads. Um, and it's just lovely and great and all those nice country vibes that we um, have grown to basically talk about all the time on this podcast yeah so. i think we should just change it to like a country music appreciation podcast and that'd be fine 
That would be good. Yeah, it would uh, be good. Okay. Uh, yes. So that is my track of the week. It's a very nice vibe. Also very good in the bath uh, to continue the theme of oh, things. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> um, and on to another topic that we absolutely aren't bitter about. It is time for... Celine Watch! So uh, this week, Lucy, as we know, Celine, like many of us, is basically in hiding, um, weathering out Our Lady Pandemic. So there's not been loads going on, but what I can tell you is in the latest episode of Canada's Drag Race, the theme was Night of a Thousand Celines. I can tell you that. So I have to watch this. You have to watch it. So if you're looking for a bit of a Celine um, fix in this dearth of Celine news, um, then maybe that is the episode for you to watch. They um, serve many iconic looks from Celine's back catalogue. And it's quite possibly one of the best lip syncs I've ever seen at the end. Wow! Yeah. High praise, high do praise. Want, do you want me to tell you what the song was? Yeah, go for it. Okay, well, spoiler for anyone who needs to watch it and doesn't want to know, but um, the two bottom queens did a lip sync to I Drove All Night, and it was absolutely <gasps> the most iconic lip sync ever. It was so good. Like, oh my God. So okay. Love emotion. I honestly was just like, who would you even pick? It was really, really good. And also that is um, the Snatch Game app as well. So there's a lot going on in that app. So nice. if you want to uh, get back onto Canada's Drag Race, that is a good episode to watch, I think. Yeah, I watched, I've only watched the, I think I watched one and a half episodes so far of that, but um, I've been meaning to get back into it. I, I'm enjoying, I had been enjoying it so far. So, um, but now absolutely so motivated to get to that ep. That sounds great. <laughs> That's a good Celine watch. Yeah. Please. <laughs> so I think that about uh, wraps it up for us this week. Who knows? You might still be listening because this is a little bit shorter than normal. <laughs> Actually, I don't even know if it is. Yeah, I was but... just thinking, I bet when I like download it, it's going to be really long, but we'll like six hours, you're like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so um, if you would like to get in contact with us, please do on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Queer Longing. We love to hear from you, as we say all the time. Um, or you can email us, queerlonging at gmail.com. Um, uh, just a quick reminder if you are you know bored you've got five minutes you don't know what to do with your time why not you know give us a little review on your platform of choice um five stars and just a couple of words would really mean the world to us and it does uh, actually make a difference so that would be really really great so um please do that if you are so inclined yes and also as i said last week if you have any recommendations for sites that do really good essays especially queer essays or just anything that you think is some cool uh writing in essay format then please just send them to us because i really want to um broaden my repertoire so that would be great and maybe we'll share them on the podcast that'll be nice that's stunning yeah that would be great <laughs> um and until we share more things with you we will be loving you leaving you and longing for you until next time bye, bye. grease is the word <laughs> uh, that was good